I'm here with Ryan Kruger, director of Fried Barry, or, or writer, director, producer, everything of Fried Barry uh, at Fantasia Fest right now. It is a, it's, it's, it's one of those like crazy gonzo midnight movies where it's like a central character that is iconic and you didn't think existed running into a thousand crazy things and you know you're you throwing a million tricks like filmmaking tricks into the mix and just it's wild it's fun congratulations cool man thank you very much i'm uh i'm glad well did you did you enjoy it <laughs> I, yeah i mean I, I had a blast watching it it's fun it's like it's uh it reminded me of greasy strangler it's not quite yeah. as did you ever do you know the movie greasy strangler yeah, I actually just watched it like two days oh, no ago. Way. Yeah, I literally just watched it like two days ago. Wow. Because was... quite a few people have said, said to me that it reminds me of, uh, of, of, uh, of that film. So it, but, it uh, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't, I don't know why people say that. I don't know. I, well, yeah, that's why I wanted to like qualify a little bit. Like it doesn't remind me of it in the sense of like the films are similar at all. It's just the framework of like you have this gonzo central character and you have like a bunch yeah. of um you sort of have a toolbox of like gonzo things to do with him and greasy strangler in its own way yeah, yeah, totally yeah. totally different film but has a gonzo yeah, central yeah. character and they have a yeah toolbox. yeah because yeah, it's just those like wacky wacky characters or offbeat you know uh little things and just that hint of um you know, like the rudeness or the like the the, the dick tricks or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. How do you? I mean, are you? How do you feel with the? You've been. You've been. I, I was just doing some recon and like seeing. You know, you've been getting a ton of good response. Or, or how do you feel right now? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 been uh, it's been great. I mean, I think this this whole pandemic thing where you know films are streaming online at these festivals. It's actually been great because more people are actually watching your watching your movie. So I mean, that's great. I mean, at the end of the day, you want people to watch, you know, as many people as you can to watch your film. So the response has been has been amazing. That you know, all these people are checking it out. Uh, so many people, and I mean, like like hundreds of people have been like messaging me, uh, you know, throughout the festivals and uh, on on all my different platforms and. And even just, even just, um, you know, do my research and to, you know check who's talking about it, and just seeing all these people like rave on about it and stuff. And it 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 is one of those films where I mean it's it's been like 95 percent amazing, and five percent there's been a few people that don't like it, but you can tell that it's it's not their type of uh, their movie. I and think the, that type yeah, of film, just, you even love it. Or do you hate right. it? It's, it's That's what I'm saying. It's just not for a lot of people. It's not. It's not only not for everyone. It's not for most people. Which is just like whatever. That's the way it is, and that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. how a lot. Like Greasy Strangler, I think, is like one of the most memorable film watching experiences I've ever had, and I would yeah. not re recommend that to like anyone. Anyone like <laughs> very to you. I I'd recommend <laughs> it to you, but like very few people yeah. like. I brought yeah. my like then girlfriend to the midnight Sundance premiere of Greasy Strangler. And like, yeah, it was, I was like, this is, we're going to remember this the rest of our lives. But like, 
not necessarily good memories, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's wacko. Yeah. It's crazy shit. Yeah. So but it's, it's, it, it's one of those things though, as I said, it's either you love it or you hate it. And the people that will love it will love it and rave about it. And the people that will hate it will, will talk about it. And, th and that's, th that's also part of the design of the, of the movie for Fried Barry. You know, it's designed to make you feel uncomfortable. It's designed for you to go on this trip whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, then you'll just walk out. And, you know, and then the people that will hate it will talk about it. And that's, and that's, that's a, it's a great thing. It, you know, it's a great thing that there's people that don't like it, but are talking about it. There's plenty of movies out there that people watch that they don't even talk about it because it's not worth a conversation. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, I've sat there, I've been on Netflix and I've watched something and I go, oh, fuck, this is shit. And I'll either watch half of it or all the way through or the first 20 minutes and, and then switch it off. But I won't even speak to somebody about it because it's not worth a conversation. So, I mean, like when I go to the cinema, you know, I'll watch a film, I'll come out and then, you know, and then you chat to your friend about, you know, about the whole film. So it's, it, it's one of those films that if you don't like it, people will speak about it. And that's awesome. That's great that people will... Well, and there's so much content in Fry Barry to speak about, you know, there's like, oh, there's this scene and there's that scene. Yeah. And, you know, it's really designed to, to make you feel uncomfortable, to go on that journey with Barry and also to, yeah, just, just go on that like road trip, you know, with him, as him or as well with him. And, uh, you know, there's so many different scenes in the movie to, to speak about. And it's, you know, I try my best you know, for that entertainment value and to make it unpredictable that you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you can't quickly go to the toilet. You can't quickly go get a drink because you'll come back and, you, and you'll be like, well, how did, how did he get here? You yeah. know, it, and it's, it's, it's designed that way. Some to, of the uh, things happen for, you know, they're like two minute bits and then it all of a sudden he's in a whole new part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love how passionate, you know, I love how, like I feel how much you love your movie and that that's awesome. Like just right off the bat. That's really beautiful, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I went, I know, it's a compliment. Thank you very much, dude. And you know, when you, when you make, you know, I've said this before to people, but it, it's one of those things. It's like when you make your, I mean, this is my first movie. You so I mean, movie when, you wanted to make. Yeah. Yeah. I made, I made what, what yeah, I wanted. You know how hard that what, is? Like, you know how, yeah. like, not just professionally, not just craft wise, like art, but like personally to be able yeah. to cross the threshold, you know, it's so, it's not just like being able to phys to technically execute what you want to uh, accomplish from your vision, but yeah. like being able to recognize and, and feel that content. Yeah, is, no, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, I got to I got to a point in my career, and where I was at the time before I made made Fry Barry, I, w I went through, I had an operation on my kidney, I got sepsis, I nearly died, uh, I broke up with a girlfriend at the time, my cat got cancer, I went into depression, and I just went down this fucking hole, and I was like, what is the one thing to get me out of this, to get me out? Make and I could have done so many other scripts that I had, and um, when I got the idea for Fry Barry, it was like, this is it. I know that this is it and it feels right. And I said to my producer, what my co-producer that I work with, James C. Williamson, I said to him, um, I want to make a film and I want to make it next month. And a month later, we were, we were shooting the movie. It came about wow. really quick. And it was just, it was, 
it was just cool to do the movie the way I wanted to do it. And, you know, it took us a year and a half to shoot. We only shot 28 days and we, it was like plan, plan, shoot, plan, plan, shoot. I wrote a 50% scene breakdown, brief scene breakdown, which was like, Barry goes here, Barry goes there. And that was it. And I wrote about six or seven pieces of dialogue and all the rest was like improv on the, you know, on the day. So there was still a lot of planning and workshops for that. And it was like, we'll build in the story as, as we were going. And it's designed, you know, it's also designed, like the way Fry Barry looks and the way it's edited and everything, it's designed for that type of film, you know, like that cult, so, you know, cult style sort of film. So, I mean, I think I got exactly, you know, what I wanted out of it. And, um, and it was an interesting way to make the movie and for me to be where I was being depressed before I started. It, I knew that this is the only medicine I could get to, to do exactly what I wanted to do. And also great not to have, a, have a, a studio behind me saying, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, that's too risky. It was just cool to go, you can do what you want, just do it. And to have that organic way of filmmaking of being in the moment and coming up with those ideas and improv in on the day, it was amazing. I mean, you, you, films don't really get the chance to do that. Because normally, you know, it's set in stone. You've got a script and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And it's only the way the actor changes it or the director, but everything else, all the dialogue, it's just set. So to be in that moment and to have that improv and work the, the way we did, it was, it was amazing. It was great. I dig it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that you just said that, that I have sort of threads on. Like shooting it's funny because i i really think the idea of shooting your first feature in a way such that you don't have to just do it in one you know in five weeks or something like that like in a row yeah. like where you could break it up i think that's a brilliant way to do the first feature i'm in the middle of that right now actually like Amazing. i'm premiering the first act pretty much of my feature as a short in october and then we're doing the feature after but it's like it's it's going to be shot in chunks and we yeah. we're not going to like we don't have to do the whole thing in one yeah. in one yeah and and, and it's, it it came out it came out better because of that yeah. because if i shot it 28 days straight it definitely wouldn't nowhere near be as good because right. the it, because we i said hey let's make a movie and let's make it next month so pre-prod time was only a month for the first week of shooting you know what i mean so it's it was better that we had that time to, right. you know, to plan, plan, and then shoot, and then plan, plan, and shoot, so we can organize all the things that we wanted and to have time. And that's why I said it had to be the right script, you know, the right story, like, the right like, character, right? Yeah, for for the lead, and also you can't, you can't also for continuity as well, because yeah. it's one of the, it, it, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you don't want to go and be like, oh, now the, the lead actor's cut his hair and we can't find the jacket and we can't do this. So it was, our main continuity was, was Fry Barry. And then that was it. And two other characters that came back and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I, I noticed like in the notes, it's like a cast of over 100, but really other than Barry, it's just those two other characters that come back. Yeah. It makes the movie, you know, it takes a lot of stress off of the, you know, organization aspects of the movie. What do you think you improved on as you 
you know, over a year and a half as a filmmaker, you grow a lot shooting narrative. Like, what do you think happened to you personally? Um, well, I mean, the only difference I think with, you know, with short form and long form is that, you know, you spend in the longest amount of time than, than you've ever done on one story and for one character. So, I mean, it was just, you know, it's like there's so many bits in, the, in this movie, the tricks and stuff that I've done in the past and I've all wanted to do and couldn't do. And, and you know, it's all in like one one movie. And, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that I, you know, that I got to do that. And as always, and it, this should be the answer for, for anybody, that once you've made it, uh, once you've made that film, there's always going to be stuff that you look back on and be like, oh, I wish we had more time to do this bit or wish we, you know, we should have done this or we should have done that. And, uh, and that's normal, you know, it's normal to, to look back on it. And, uh, and if you don't, then there's something wrong with you, but there'll always be, there'll always be bits that you want to improve. And I mean, even with like short stuff or music videos, you know, there'll always be a, you know, an edit or something that will go, I fucking hate that little bit. Sure. But at some point you got to walk away and go, it is what it is. And this is it, you know? I get it. What's your kind of, I want, I want to talk more about the um, 28 days in a year and a half process, but I had something from before, just sort of emotionally, like the way you talk about you either love it or hate it. How does that approach to, you know, creative approach come into your work as a music video director, commercial director, stuff like that? Do you take the same kind of rebellious, this is my vibe, you know, does it apply to your project or not approach? Like, how, how do you, how do you take that spirit? Um, yeah, I mean, or do you separate it? You know, you don't have to like, or do you, do you apply when you have a job on a music video? Do you just like take it differently as like, I'm doing this for the band or the label. And then when it's your film, you do it your way. Yeah, well, I mean, like with music, I've been very lucky as a, like a music video director. I always do exactly what I want to do. So I've got, I've got basically full control, but I'm kind of still in a box in a sense of I can't go too crazy because this is the style of music. So it's got to fit the music. This has to get on TV. So I still got to make it this and make it that. So I'm still kind of in a box, but that that's why the great thing is, with a feature or these other experimentals that I did before the feature is this, you can just think out of the box, all those things that I've, that I know that I couldn't actually do normally I could do. So this is like the best opportunity to go all out and do whatever you want to do. And it, it was great because I mean, if I went to a producer and I said, I want to make fried Barry, I haven't got a script, <laughs> give me some money. <laughs> They'll never do it. You know, they would never do it. So it was great to have that control and do it the way I wanted to do it. And, and, and that's it. And I just, you know, led myself and, and, you know, and, you know, everybody came on the journey with me and, and I, ha I have an amazing cast and crew and I, you know, I surround myself with people that I admire and that are amazing at what they do. And I do love, uh, you know, Fry Barry, cause it's not just my work. It's, it's everybody else's work. And, and that's why those people, those actors or art director or cinematographer, that's why they're doing their job on this film because I love what they do. And even like the music uh, by Hazer, it's, 
you know, it's a big part of the movie. So I, I admire, you know, all those, you know, when I look at a certain scene, I go, oh, I love this scene. And I love it because it's, it's yes, it's my movie and it came from my head, but at the same time, it's all those other people's work. And, that, and I love watching those certain actors and, and all those things. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's a great process to, to surround yourself with all those great people. And it's, when you're making a film, it, you know, it's teamwork, you know, it, it should be a collaborative, you know, a collaborative thing. And, and I think what some directors forget sometimes when you do these projects a, a bit more like Fry Barry is that you guys are all on the same side. They're on your side, you know, and they're not against you. They're on your side. And I've been there as an actor on other sets where, you know, somebody's stuck at an idea or something, how, you know, it might be a technical thing. And then somebody would say, um, why don't you do it like this? And it's a good idea. And everybody is standing there going, that's actually a good idea. And then you can see the director going, fuck, that's a, that is a good idea. But I'm not going to use not it because it's yeah. his idea. Right. And he'll, he's always going to say it's his idea. No, no. So uh, we're, we're actually going to do this. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like they're all on you. They're all, you know, if, if your idea or technical thing is not good enough and somebody comes up with a better solution, fucking use it. Because if it's better than your idea, it's going to make the film better. And they're on your side. So don't be a, yeah, don't be a asshole and not, and not, not, you know, not hear people you're, out, you know. You're punishing yourself at that point and you're punishing the people watching the film, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Did you yeah. bring a lot of people along from music videos and commercials into Fried Barry? Yeah, I mean, it was like, I've lived in Cape Town, South Africa now for 11 years. So I, I work with a lot of, I work with a lot of the same people and I, I like, I love working with new people. So there was, I, I think like probably about 95% of the people I already worked with before. And, and there was a few actors that I know that haven't worked with and I wanted to work with them. So yeah, it was a, a you know, it was a big happy family you know, uh, making this film. And it was just awesome to, you know, spend so much time on one story and one character and, you know, watching the film progress as we went. And it happened really quick, you know, even yeah, the filming process. Awesome. I mean... So did you go out for funding or you guys just, like, did it chunk by chunk or what was it like? Yeah, so it was basically me and my uh, producer, James C. Williamson, we, we just paid for it ourselves. We spent a fortune. I'm not going to say how much, but... I'm, no, I'm a poor man because of this. <laughs> and, uh, but, I just did but it, it was, FYI, I just did it myself. So I feel you. Yeah. That's the best way to do it, dude. It's the best, it's the best way to do it. At least and, start. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, you know, I think I was going to say earlier, but I didn't say, you know, it's like when you make your first film, obviously, you know, we say to ourselves, it has to be good. And it's such an understatement. It has to be the best film that you've ever made. <laughs> Otherwise, what are you doing? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, if you're not gonna make the best, when you get to do that feature, if you're not making the best thing that you've ever made in your career, then you're doing something wrong. You know, if people aren't gonna, you've gotta look at it in so many different angles of marketing and this and that. I mean, I could have made this other film, which I know I would have made a really good film out of it. And it was a, like a post-apocalyptic thing. And I, I knew I could have, done this film really well but it, it the, that type of film could have easily just got lost 
could have just got lost out there in the mix of all these other B movies and other films and just and just disappear. And that's why when I got the idea for Fry Barry, I'm like, this is cool. People are going to talk about this. It is impossible for people not to talk about this. And there will be people hating it. And that's great, as I said before, because it's just, if it's creating people to talk, there's plenty of films that people make every, every day, every year that nobody knows about, that nobody talks about. And it's, you know, it's sad. So you really got to think out the box and think, and it's your first film. And, you know, you, you got to do something special for the first one for, for people to remember you and to remember the, remember the film. And it's, you know, it's like when you watched, you said you watched Greasy Strangler. It was one of those where you're like, you'll always remember that film. And oh. the, the response that I've got so far is like, fuck, I've never seen a film like this before. And I'm always going to remember this film. So that's, that's amazing to, to that, hear yeah. that from anybody. Yeah, I would co-sign that personally. Uh, so you talk about this reaction. Have you, I don't know, you don't have to necessarily have a keyed in idea around it, but do you think about, almost fantasize, like about how an audience reacts to your film, what questions it brings up for them or answers for them, what understanding it brings them? Do you think about that or, or is it just whatever it is? I mean... It's, you want something like, to happen the, the, to the audience. Yeah, I mean, there's like little things like in the film where I'm like, will they get this joke? Will they laugh at it? Will, will they laugh at it? So there's a lot of English humor in there and there's some South African humor in there. And then like, will they get the South African humor? And when I sat there with one audience in San Jose for the world premiere at CineQuest, and they did, they laughed at all the right bits. So it's, it's always interesting to see you know, whether, do I just think it's funny? <laughs> or does everybody think it's funny, you know? So, but they, they laughed at all the right bits, which was great. And then, you know, and then there's other, like, scenes in the movie, which is just, I mean, the, the certain people that will look at any film and they'll, they'll look into it way too much. They'll look into it. And it's, sometimes it's just like, it's just a movie. It's just, a, you know, it's well, just entertainment. What the meta is and, and who Barry represents and who the alien represents. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, but even not that, even just like, you know, like a blowjob scene in the, in the bathroom or, or the sex worker or whatever. And they'll, they'll, they'll like overthink it. I'm like, it's, it's just a movie. Or like, you know, somebody mentioned the, um, you know, the guy in the, in the bar talking about the, you know, the Mickey Mouse uh, gloves, why do cartoons, uh, you know, just have gloves and all that. Right. But then some people yeah. just like over, overlook at it and overthink it. And I'm just like, it's just, well, it's just a character. Like it's just a, stuff and like looking at like offensive, like calling it offensive. Or yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's so, I'm yeah, it's just one of those yeah. things where some people just like look, look into, into, into stuff way too much. And it's, and it's just one of those things. It's just a character. It's just a film. It's just entertainment. And it, it's it, like, we can't say that this has never happened before, you know, whether it's this or that. I mean, it's, you know, it is, it is what it is. Well, I would know? take it further than that, you know, presentation of something that is like, there are blowjobs in bathrooms at bars. There are, you know, yeah. people who think that about Mickey Mouse. There are, you know, sex workers, like all these things. So you're not like, like just cause you're representing them, like is not, the offense like you're not saying yeah cool like be closeted and get blowjobs in bars and yeah. cheat on your wife like you're yeah. not saying go but it's like is, is is there a hidden message 
that the uh, director is trying to say. And I was just like, no, like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just, it's just, uh, you know, the movie's about, uh, you know, um, you know, if there was any message, it's just like, you know, drugs can fuck up your life. And then it just shows you how, you know, that person is, you know, has fucked up his life and then it becomes an alien and it becomes more human. And there's, there's actually a lot of heart in the movie, you know, with his wife and she's the heart of the movie. But it's, it's like, it's funny because, you know, we all look at different, you know, everybody, we all look at different movies and we all get something different out of it, you know? And, and that's cool and that's, and that's all right. And that's why I said it's okay if you don't like it. Because, I mean, if everybody fucking liked, liked every movie, there would be no debates or there would be no conversations. It will just be everybody going, yeah, 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 you know? So it's just like, it, it's cool. It's, it's cool to have that, that talk. It, it's just when, you know, I've had like one or two people in a review where they just look into it like way, like way too much. And it, but it's like with anything. I could like hold this cup up and go, is this just a cup? And um, yeah, it is just a cup, but somebody could go, maybe, maybe there's something inside the cup that we don't know about or fucking whatever. And they'll just look into it and be like, it's just a fucking cup. That's it. Do you <laughs> yeah. respond? Like if there's something that pisses you off in a review? No, no. Dude, I, I don't. Or it's like one, social it's, media or whatever? Yeah, no, for me, like, oh, dude, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what, yeah. what people think. And I think it's a good, it's good to be, it's good to be that way. Because always you're just going to sit there. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's sometimes there's been reviews where, you know, I've looked at it or they haven't done their research or I can see clearly that they haven't watched it. And, you know, they haven't watched it properly or something like that. So, it, like, it doesn't bother me. And then, and then obviously when it comes to a good view, I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> but it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't uh, like the bad views, it, it, it's, not, it's not for everybody. And I know that. And as long as you know that, and you don't sit there going, why don't they like my movie? Why, why are they saying this? It's like, you can't please everybody. It's, it's absolutely impossible to please everybody. So it's cool. And it's, it's, if people are talking about it, if people are saying stuff about it, it's better that people are saying stuff about it than not even acknowledging it and not even talking about it at all. So it's a win-win if that's happening, which it is. Which you got is great. to show it in a theater. When, when was the original premiere? Uh, that was in March at CineQuest in uh, San Jose. So you just got it in. Wow. Yeah, just. We, we, had, we actually had two screenings, and then the third screening got uh, canceled because of everything, you know, the whole lockdown and stuff. But it was awesome. It was great to see. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so, so, so that's cool. So that's, you're, you're like a funny example of a filmmaker who has done – the majority of the work, I guess, the response work, the PR and whatnot during, you know, quarantine, but you actually did get to show it yeah, at least just, once, you know? It was, yeah. yeah, it was literally like, I think it was a day or two after the second screening. I think it was like a day or two. And then we, we had I headed back to South Africa. So we just made, and I'm pretty sure there was other filmmakers there from, you know, different places that didn't actually get their film screened. Flew all the way and didn't get it. We're lucky that we got two screenings, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm premiering a film in October. Like I actually I'm I'm re I'm doing an edit right now that well really just to color correct, but I'm recoloring it because I did it thinking I was gonna show it in, you know, in theaters. I was hoping. I was hoping that by by the you know, by October, by September, October, they would show it in theaters. But it looks like at best it'll be like drive-ins and like 
Yeah. Driving. That's also pretty cool, man. Like well, it's super cool. Fried barriers like, might get a drive. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, fried like, barriers might get a drive-in. So it'll you'll be, get it. Yeah, it'll be sure. pretty awesome just to see it. I I I, I assume you. It's a great drive-in movie. Yeah, just so I, I'm like recoloring my film because the blacks are just like they're too dark for laptops, and like I yeah. I did it intentionally. But like, if people are gonna watch it with the lights on and stuff in like a shitty, you know, on a shitty screen, I'm just like, all right, let me just like give it a little more information. So I'm doing the color yeah, yeah. knowing that like, you know, but. Uh, it's cool, yeah. I mean, we'll 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 get back into theaters eventually. Tenant seems to make have made a lot of money this weekend, so that's a good sign, you know. Have you seen it yet? No, I'm in New York, so we're we're. The I most- just watched it. I watched it today. Oh, you did. And I'm cool. on the wall, man. And I love Nolan. I fucking love Nolan. And it's time travel. Absolutely love it. <laughs> ah, dude. I don't know, man. I, I need to watch it again because wow. I'm not. I'm not entire- I love Christopher Nolan. I think he's amazing. Yeah, but uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I need, I I need watched, to watch. Um, I love Interstellar. Like Interstellar is like an emotional roller coaster yeah. for me. Uh, and I, I didn't Inception. I rewatched Inception this year and kind of thought it was stupid. I was just like, okay, it's like a very generic, basic, like you know, kind of spy whatever movie. And like, it's fine. But like, all of the head trips and stuff like watching it whatever it is you know six years later or whatever it came out 10 years i don't know um just it felt very simple and all of this stuff was just window dressing really like it's very it's a very simple story with a lot of window dressing yeah well let 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 me know what you think of tenants because i i think that's i think it's sadly i think it's his worst film i think I mean, from the response being as mixed as it's been, I assume it's his worst film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like what you said, like Interstellar is amazing. I love that film. It is a very emotional thing. And uh, I I love it. I I think that's one of his... I mean... is, 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 Is so technically sound. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, when Interstellar came out, some people watched that and said that was his worst film. And I was like, no fucking way. It was so weird, the reviews that it got. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's a brilliant movie. That one, brilliant. that's one of the films I, I could rewatch. Like, I remember I was leaving New York City at that time, I was moving to Los Angeles, and I made that. It was probably the third time I've watched it, but I went at like midnight on a weeknight to yeah. Times Square to the IMAX in Times Square yeah. and watched it again. And there was no one in the theater. It was me and like one other guy, I think. And it was a really beautiful experience having that. Like, it was my last night in New York City before I moved for the first time in my life. I moved back since yeah. then, but um, I just, I always remember that that moment and yeah. feeling, like, grateful yeah. to the film being just so evocative of, it's so nostalgic, yeah. you know? You, you yeah, know, no, definitely. I've, dude, I've, I've already watched that movie, like, probably over 20 times already. I love that. Yeah. Like, it's a great movie. And that soundtrack, I actually, most nights I go to bed, I, I play that soundtrack. Oh, no like, way. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. A big. It's like it's so emotional. So oh man, yeah. What other are you like a grindhouse kind of guy? Are you uh like what are your kind of like, pillars? Yeah, I mean, I like all I like all uh, genres, and that's why I'm saying like 
like I do like my dark and edgy stuff, but yeah, and that's why I said like Fry Barry is designed for the way it to be. Like my next film is just gonna be way more like cinematic and way more. It's just gonna be a bit more mature and everything. So I mean, and that's why I said Fry Barry was designed in every intention, the way it's edited, the way it looks, and everything to be the way it is. So, but you also don't want people to think, oh, he he just does those films. You know what I mean? So. I mean, I mean, I mean, look, if you look at like, um, like Danny Boyle, you know, he's got train spotting, he's got 28 days later, he's got sunshine, you know, it's, it's completely different. So I, I do would like to dabble in different stuff. I just, I do like that dark and edgy stuff and where I can really get some great visuals out of, you know, out of cinema and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's cool. Visually, what's kind of your your process as a you know technically as a filmmaker as a creative? Like, are you making mood boards? Are you making shot lists? Are you are you doing animatics or anything like that? What do you what do you feel? Um, a lot. I mean, we'll put it this way: when I so I don't do any storyboards. I fucking hate storyboards. Don't do it. Uh, I'll, for music videos and stuff, I'll do a I do a shot list. Um, but a lot of the time I just like shoot from the hip and just do it. Like me and my DP, depending on who I'm working with, but a lot of the time the, the people that I do normally work with, we just get each other and cause things will always change when you're on set. So as long as you know what the fuck is going on and your DP and yourself are on the same page, I just, you know, we just move around and get the, and you know, we get the best stuff that we want. So I don't like being set in stone where you're like, Oh, we've said we're going to do this. Cause you'll always find, when the subjects and the actors are there, you'll always find like new and better stuff depending on, you know, wherever you are and you'll, you'll see these moments, which I think you should take and, and, and be in that moment. And it's, it's, it's like acting, you know, I, I started as an actor before I did directing and you, you know, some actors hate improv, some actors fucking hate improv. And it's, you know, I, I think that's, I think it's a good thing to have. It's a good strength to have to, to do improv and some of the best, you know, work in cinema is, you know, when you've been in the moment and you're just in, in that moment and, and things just happen and that's great. You know what I mean? It's great. It's sure. shit that you can't normally get unless you just let go, you know? So I see that as from a actor side and also from a director side point of view. Would you walk me through maybe a sequence in Fried Barry? Like, and how the camera and the visual evolved over the course of that, that shoot. Maybe one that you remember that was like, what happened on the day that brought you to what we saw? Um, well, I think, uh, let's say, um, I mean, like the, like the, hot, the hospital uh, scene. So when, when he was in the mental uh, asylum, the hospital, you know, when we start, I mean, we shot that all in one day, everything. We shot that like all in one day. Wow. And it was a lot of, <laughs> it was a lot of stuff to shoot in one day. And, and the, the location was really expensive. So we we're like, we've got to shoot it in one day. We're, we're just going to start really early. And we're going to finish really late. Do you remember how many setups you, you hit in that one day? Oh my God. I, I sometimes sometimes I like video directors, like you speak setup and, you know, commercial directors and video directors sometimes. You, you don't have to. I actually don't. But like, I, yeah. I have no idea how many setups I had in my film. But like, I, I know people who can tell you 
like from memory how many setups they had in a film they made seven years ago. Yeah. And it's usually well, it, like commercial and music video kind of directing. Yeah. With 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 this scene. So what when, when he when he comes into the mental institute, you know, I wanted to slow down the pace a bit and, and, and be in the surroundings of you know what's going on in Barry's head and just in the films, just to take that little breather. So you know they come up in the lift, they walk down the corridor very slowly, and you know he gets seen by the doctor, and then they, they change him, and then they bring him into the day room. So everything's quite slow, and then as soon as he sits down, you know that other character is like right in your face, and it, you know it's busy speaking, and and then the next thing it's the breakout. So when we shot with the breakout, you know I wanted to have that moment where it's all, you know, it's all one shot. I, I wanted to try and hold it. So there, there's actually two shots that we hold quite long. So, so as soon as they go, you know, as soon as he throws the, um, the baton and it changes into the gun and he like loads it and it, it goes down the corridor. So it's all one take. And, and as soon as I saw like the layout of the hospital and how long it goes on for, I was like, cool, we got a steady cam, like all this and go all the way. And it was a, it was a fun process because it, you know, on that day we had like 90 people on set. So it was just like placing all these different actors and patients and crew hiding behind corners and throwing like toilet roll papers and, and everything. And it was like, you know, it curved around the building. And so it was like one take all the way through. And then we did that like a few times. And then once we conquered that and then we knew that we got it right, then we still wanted him to carry on. But from the from the front view because it was from the back and then so when we did it from the front it was actually down the same corridor but then we added beds and we added other actors and we changed some of the signs so it's just it's the same corridor but we're going the other way and we just got all different extras you know running across and everything just to create you know another corridor but then it went longer into another corridor where you know it comes to the fire exit when he you know when when barry goes down the fire exit so I mean that process was 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 cool just with the steady cam and and hitting all those marks you know what I mean there were so many beats and marks that all these people had to do as soon as the camera comes and also come, when it comes around the corner and then there was the pyrotechnics of the sparks and stuff like that so it was all I mean I think we did that like um, like the one the one side of it I think we did it like five maybe five times or something like that. No, and, which uh, you used. Uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was like the second to last take or something like that. I, th I think it was maybe the fourth take, but it's also one of those things where you're like, you're like, Oh, this one's good because of this. And then this one's good because of that. So there is some sacrifices that you're going to have to make because I wanted, you know, one whole, whole take, you know? So, you know, there'll always be one that will just be, that a little bit better than the other one, but you got to sacrifice the odd, you know, the odd little clip where you think is, is, you know, is funny or is really good. I, so I, the last, I just made two films in a row shorts and um, both of which have oneers in the shot list. And I attempted oneers and they were both ambitious oneers without what we needed. If you know, yeah. like I like they weren't. It wasn't like I I stocked us for what we. You know, it was like really ambitious to try and nail what I was attempting. It wasn't. It wasn't like an easy. They were very precise, ambitious oneers, and um, both times I have applied 
unconsciously, I guess, like sort of a Walter Murch rule of like pick the emotion over the, you know, over continuity or technical, whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the film that I'm actually doing another shoot tomorrow to okay, cool. uh, at sort of fill in, cause I started cutting the film. And what I did was I just abandoned the one and I, but so the whole film's on a rail, like, like, like we kept consistent the camera movement. So each take is yeah. pretty much like the things are happening where they're supposed to happen. But we just like, yeah. there's, there's a hiccup every, in every take pretty much. There was no perfect take and I'm okay yeah. with that. But what I did was instead I went all in on the, like, I'm just going to take my favorite shit and yeah. I'm picking my favorite shots and just like jump cutting the whole film and sort of like, it's, it's more of a Terrence Malick kind of edit now yeah. where like I'm layering, I'm, I'm like repeating actions and I'm just, cause, cause I looked at it and I was like, I was more in love with those moments. Like you said, exactly. when you lose things, I was like, I'd rather keep those things than maintain the oneer. And yeah, I've made that choice now twice in a row. And yeah. I am very surprised by it, I'll say. Because I really wanted the one -er. And I have like yeah, artistic yeah. reasons for it, not technical yeah. reasons for it. I wanted the one -er because it, it does something to the audience in their experience. Of yeah, exactly. But that's, but that's the right decision. You know, you, you know, you know that's the right decision. I you, you went it, the right like, Nope, this is a better film. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's why some, sometimes you'll you'll get that take, and you go, "This is perfect," and then your DP might go, "Yeah, but the light's not that," and I'm like, "Yeah, but this is the one," <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, there's a camera shadow in my film premiering in yeah. October. Like I, yeah. I, I, it's in, and I'm keeping it in. Yeah, and, I, and everyone, yeah, it happens. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. I'm just like that yeah. was the best take. Like my actress, yeah. like she nailed it on that on that take, and like the fucking steady cam, you know, was in was in high mode, I thought he was in low mode, and I didn't put two and two together and realize that high mode steady cam would provide a shadow, uh, and low yeah. mode was what I was used to. And then when I got rid of the oneer, high mode steady cam became a shadow, yeah. but that's when she got the take, and it's the best yeah. take, and I kept it. Yeah. yeah. But so, you know, some, sometimes those things happen, and depending on if you're shooting 8K or you know 6K or whatever, you know, you can always like crop in a bit. You know, there's yeah. always little. There's yeah. always little cheats there you can crop in a little bit or whatever. So there's always those little things that you, you know, you can cover up uh, stuff. And, that, and that's the beauty of filmmaking, you know? And, and the thing is, you know about it. And there's so many people that will watch it and won't even fucking see it. Oh, and uh, we know about it. And every time you watch it, you're going to go, oh, that, that little well, bit. That's cool with it. I actually wrote more camera shadow into the film <laughs> because of that, <laughs> into, the, into the next parts. Because um, yeah. I, I, whatever, anyway. But uh did you, um, over your whole shoot, were you shooting on the same camera package? Like, were you shooting with the same people? Like, what, what was the, the change? Yeah, so, I mean, at one point, I thought we were going to have, like, so many different DOPs. Uh -huh. um, my original DOP that I had, he dropped me three days before shooting. And I thought I was going to have to shoot Fry Barry with about 10 different DOPs. And... My friend Gareth Place got on board, and he was going to shoot the first the first block. And during the first block, it went so well, but he couldn't shoot on the weekend. 
And I was like, fuck, we need to shoot on the weekend. So we need to find another DP while we're shooting, yeah, which yeah. we haven't really got time to, for to, to go do. And, and I said, dude, why can't you do the weekend? And he's like, I'm going away with my girlfriend and this and that. And I was like, dude, I'll give you the rest of the movie because he also wanted to have a feature to his name. But I said, you can't go away with your girlfriend. And it was like, cool, deal. And I was like, cool, tell your girlfriend. I said, sorry. So he, so he did, you know, he ended up doing the rest of the movie. But uh, apart from, I mean, we had a lot of different, we had a lot of different crew members on all the different days. So, I mean, you know, and which was cool because we, you know, we, you know, we had the same, you know, art director, but the, yeah, she didn't even need to do the whole 28 days. It was just on the, on the Pacific days that we needed. And then all the camera assistants and stuff like that, it just, it changed throughout the whole movie. So, which was cool. And that's why our fucking credit sequence is like really fucking long because we had so many different crew members and stuff, but it was fun. It was great to have all those, you know, all those people on board. So James was like your main collaborator. Yeah. So, yeah. So me and James, uh, we, you know, we produced it, we produced it together. Uh, I came up with the, you know, the idea and wrote the, wrote the script and stuff. And, but it was great to have uh, James, like I, I couldn't have done this movie without James and, you know, it's vice versa. And it was just, it, it's so good to have a good, producer so even though you know we were producing it together there's all the shit that i'm not good at and he's amazing at so i mean you know and that's what gives us both you know strengths of working together and not only that is that i trust i trust james and he's he's amazing at, at, at his job and it just made thing you know it makes me be, be able to do my job easier and better and not think about all this other shit that i that uh, you know that I, I can't be thinking about when I'm when I'm working, so it was great to have you know, you know, have your sidekick there, you know, with you along the journey that you know the whole way, and um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't have done it without him, and uh, I think we just got a great working relationship, and we just you know we just mixed and we got the same sense of humor and stuff like that. So I I only, I only knew James a month before filming as well. Oh, wow, Wait, tell me that story. So, yeah, so it was just, you know, when uh, I, I originally met James at a barbecue, like, um, like a, it was a month, a month and a half before uh, shooting, before we even knew we were going to, I think it was like a month and a half, two months. And so I started chatting to him and he was like, oh, you know, if you ever need to, uh, you know, a producer or need some help on something, you know, I'll be keen to, to work with you. And I was like, cool. And I said, at the moment, I'm actually shooting uh, a bunch of uh, experimental films. Uh, so we ended up shooting like two experimental films together. And just from the first project, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a bit of a control freak where I'm like, I, I need to know that everything's getting done because I normally do it myself and or double checking whoever I'm working with. And he was just on it. He was just on it. And already just from the one experimental film, it just, we just had that great flow and then when I rang James and I got to that point where I was just like fuck I need to make a film I got the idea and I rang him up and I said dude I want to make a film and I want to make it next month and he was like have you got a script and I was like no and it's because of this and this and this and I have to shoot it a certain way and he's like okay cool and uh, have you got any money and I was like well I've got some money and then if you've got some money then we can do this thing together and he was like okay and why do you want to shoot it next month like why next month why can't we 
you know, plan this more. And I was like, because if we don't do it next month, it's never going to happen. It's just going to get pushed back, prolonged and all that. I'm shooting it next month. Either in or out, I'm shooting it next month. And he was like, cool, I'm in. And that was it. I, I, I love that flow. Yeah. I mean, a similar thing happened with me. <clears throat> like we, you know, yeah, just, at one point was like, do you want to, why don't we just push a week? It'll be much easier. And I was like, nope, like we're doing it. Yeah, you just got to do it. And it, it, it's crazy to think that, you know, all the shit that I went through, the depression and everything, if I didn't go through all that shit, I wouldn't have made this film. I tell you now, I wouldn't have made this film. So it took that, you know, to happen, to actually do it, you know? Yeah. Talk to me about your other, there's, there's another partner in the whole movie, you know, Barry, like where did he come into the picture? Yeah, so I've worked with uh, I've worked with uh, Gary Green, uh, Fry Barry, for about 10, 11 years. And Gary's background is that he's an extra. He's normally uh, just an extra, so he hasn't had any like physical like acting, you know, training. And Gary, over the years, have been has been extra in like my music videos and short films and stuff that I've done. And over the years, you know, his parts has just got a little bit more featured and a little bit more featured. And then when I made the three minute experimental, you know, I approached Gary for that and I was like, cool, I like, I really want to do this project with you. And yeah, and he just gave 110% and we, you know, we, we, it just worked really well. And then, and that's why I said when it, when it came to the feature film, I approached Gary and I said, dude, I'm, I'm going to make this into a feature film. And he was like, cool. And I was like, but you know, you're the lead. And he was like, whoa, <laughs> you know? So this is like the biggest, you know, the biggest thing. And this is his also shot to, to, you know, to do this thing. And, and that's why I said, so that with everybody else, it was all like improv. So with Gary not having training, it had to be the right story, the, the right character, the right idea and the right way to shoot this film. So when we were shooting, Gary didn't, Gary knew, what the film was going to be about. But every day when he arrived on set, he didn't know what he was doing. Cause I didn't tell, I, I left him in the dark. I didn't want him to overthink anything. So every day I needed to work with that clean slate, wow. you know, fresh page with him every single day. So he wouldn't, you know, overthink stuff. And, uh, and to be in that moment with him, you know, I would say, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Just do exactly like what I say. Don't do anything else. Just do exactly what I say. And, and, you know, because if there was a script, he would like try and learn it or he would try and, you know, you know, I gave him like uh, Edward Scissorhands to look at, you know, to look at uh, Edward Scissorhands character, you know, the way he just walks about. I gave him that and gave him Bad Boy Bobby uh, to check out. And what's Bad Boy Bobby? Sorry? What, what's Bad Boy Bobby? Uh, it's, a, it's an early 90s uh, Australian film. So I had it like quite a bit of references in that in that film and it was very uh like the similarities with that film is you know it was about this guy that gets brought up in this in this small little flat in this industrial area not on tv you know didn't have tv or anything and then the one day he gets outside and it's the first time he's outside so for me fry barry was that alien that arrives on earth and he's, he's basically a tourist alien he's like whoa like all these things are happening what he's never seen before. So that was my like, you know, moments of, of bad boy Bobby and uh, 
and then like Starman and you know there was those references that are you know that are added into the film but when we were filming so because I worked with Gary very closely and, uh, and I had to you know be very careful you know because I I've known Gary for so long so I know what to say to him and and I know not what to say to him to get exactly yeah. what I want and and that's why I didn't want I didn't want everybody else w w would be improvising, but I didn't want Gary to improvise. I, I needed to, to get exactly, you know, mold him and mold the film around him to, to, to make it work. So, I mean, there'll be a lot of scenes where I'm filming Gary and I'm like, okay, copy my face, do this face, do that face, and now do this face. So I would have like, you know, extra, you know, reactions for this and that. And when it comes back and when it comes to the edit, you know, it looks like, you know, he's hitting the beat there, you know, with the comedy moments and stuff like that. So it was interesting to, to get those things. And, and that's why what, what's interesting about, you know, the character and the, the development is that when you watch Fry Barry, you hate, you hate the guy, you know, he's just a, not a likable guy. And then when he becomes an alien, he becomes more human and you begin to care for him. And he actually becomes like a better, as an alien, he becomes a better human being. And that's why his wife, you know, falls back in love with them. So, and that, and that's, that's really where the heart of the movie is that like, almost like she's given him a second chance and he's getting another chance, but it's not him. It's, you know, it's, it's the alien. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, it was just one of those things where it was even, and that's why I said, even though it, it was very, you know, the, the, the brief scene breakdown for 50% of the movie was written in three days. But apart from that, it was the progression and, uh, you know, there was still a hell of a lot of structure and planning to every single thing that we did. Nothing, nothing is there like by mistake, you know, and it was those improv magic organic moments where, you know, where we came up with certain stuff, but obviously all the locations and everything that we had there was there for a reason, you know? Totally. Yeah. How, how did you end up casting? Like what was, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your casting process, both in the other two roles that repeat and just like the whole thing in general. Did you, did you do it yourself? Like with people you knew or did you work with casting agencies or what? No, no. So it, it was literally, so obviously once I, once I, you know, cause I knew I was going to use Gary as a uh, fry Barry. So with all the other characters, it was literally like n nobody auditioned for this film at all. Like I, every single person, you know, that I chose for each character was literally, I know that they can do this character and I know that they'll be amazing at each, each character. Yeah. So nobody really auditioned. And the, like I said, there was a handful of actors that I knew that I hadn't worked with, that I wanted to work with, but I've seen their work before. So I knew, you know, what they were capable of doing. And, and I knew whether it was smaller or bigger, it didn't really matter. It was just like, oh, they, they would be great at this role. And they were. So it was just like really, you know, dishing it out to the, to the right people and the right, you know, the, the right characters for the right people that I knew would be able to pull it off. And, and yeah, and it just, it, it just, it just, it just worked like that. And um, there was never any, yeah, there was, there was never any like an audition process. It was just like, cool, you know, I've got this scene. I want you to do this. And uh yeah, I want you to play it like this and that. And, uh, and we also just left room to see what happens. And, uh, but obviously all the characters were picked out very carefully in the sense of, you know, like, uh, the sex worker and, um, and, you know, the, the, the chick that played the, 
the sex worker Bia. She was. Um, I know that she's she's done a lot because I needed somebody to you know to be naked in that scene and everything. And I've seen her do a bit of act, a bit of acting before, and I've worked with her many times before. But she always also does a lot of like naked artwork and uh, and you know body paint work and stuff like that. So it's like she, she's she's absolutely perfect for this, and she's 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 she doesn't mind getting you know shooting those like gra like graphic scenes or like messy scenes where there's like paint and this and that. She's she like look she's all up for the like the art and everything. So she was she's always really just game just to to do like cool gory stuff and everything like that so it was really awesome having that what do you think did, did you think about particular drugs uh, you know obviously you referenced heroin in the beginning of the film but uh it, do you want people to take a certain drug or obviously you know drugs are illegal and all that stuff but hypothetically <laughs> uh like yeah. any drug that makes this experience fun <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, you know what I mean. It, it's like I think in Fry Barry, he fucking takes every fucking single drug that you can think of in the movie. There's so many, this this the shit that I didn't even know that I was chatting to James about, and he was like, "Oh, there's this thing called uh, Jankum," and I was like, "What the fuck is Jankum?" And it's like, "Oh, it's like fermented fucking shit in a bottle that you leave out in the heat, and then they put a balloon over it." And it like ferments and the fumes go into the balloon and there's people that actually inhale that and it gets you fucking high. I'm like, what the fuck is that? So, so there was all this like random fucking shit. And because it was like a drug movie where he has all that stuff and he's this low life, you know, bastard of a guy that just like tries all these different drugs and he just goes on those like benders. So when, he, when it hits the alien, you know, he starts taking drugs because he bumps into people that, that knows Barry and, you know, he ends up trying some stuff and he likes it. So he takes more, but then it's also the withdrawal symptoms as he's, you know, as he's going on with this, with this body yeah. as well. So, yeah, but uh, the funny, the funny thing is originally uh, there was, and I didn't even put it in the edit in the end. Cause I just, I just knew when it came to editing, it wasn't going to work. So, because there's so much drugs in it, we were originally met a cut to this guy talking about every single drug that was in the movie. So the, the big guy will be like, ah, oh, Jenkin, it does this and it's this and it's amazing. It makes you feel like this and this, but it also makes you feel like this and this and this and this, and, this and uh, you can fucking die from it or whatever. So originally that was going to be in it, but it actually took you out of the movie like too much. And, and I didn't even try and put it in the edit. I just knew, it's not going to work and it's not going to work with the style of the film that I'm going for. So I just, we, we didn't end up putting it in, but I, I think it will make a good uh, Blu-ray, you know, extras, uh, you know, uh, deleted scenes. There was one line in the film where they're at the mental hospital and the guy says he's always talking about, he's always going on about sandwiches. And yeah. <laughs> I, I loved that part. I laughed really. I was probably, I was like, I was wondering, did you have a backstory to why he's always going on about sandwiches? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's funny to say that. So um, when I went through my, like, my, uh, my uh, student, you know, Ellie, Ellie uh, film, at film school, and I was fucking poor, and I had no fucking money. And not that I had onion sandwiches, but I, I used to always say to my old producer, I was like, 
fuck, you know when you're fucking poor when you're eating onion sandwiches because, <laughs> like, nobody would ever fucking make an onion sandwich. So we used to always joke saying, yeah, you've, I'm just busy eating, like, onion sandwiches here because there's nothing else. You know, you've got no butter or you've got no, uh, you know, nothing else. You're just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to put some onion on some bread, you know? And uh, so th- th- that's actually where that actually came from. Yeah, I like that part a lot. So like personally, where do you see, because you've talked about, you know, you talked about depression going into your art, like thinking just about like, and and I guess, you know, the pandemic time factors into this, like mental diet, creative diet as an artist, as a person, as you know, as a human being, like, uh, what do you do for yourself to bring, to, to, to get yourself to the place to make stuff, to write, to edit, to shoot, all of that. Um, for me, um, for me, it's, it, I, I'll be honest. I haven't really got a life. <laughs> like I haven't really got like a lot of hobbies. Like I just, I, I'm most happy making and doing stuff. And that's kind of what I like, I do all the time. Sometimes I sit there and I go, maybe, I, maybe I do need a hobby or maybe, and then I'll say to people, you know, I like cooking but it's not really a fucking hobby because I've got to fucking cook every day and make food. So I enjoy it and it's like soothing for me to make food and I love making food for the people, but it's not a fucking hobby, you know? And then I, I'll grow my like little chili plants outside and shit like that and my little veggies and all that. And um, so I, dude, I, don't, I don't really have a hobby. So for, for me, it's, it's one of those things where I need to keep busy. I need to work. I need to create. I need to do do these things i mean during this time now you know during lockdown and stuff the wheel has still been turning luckily for fry barry because there's you know there's these other festivals and you know and all these other things happen so i've just been i know like this is my shot this is my first film and i you know i've been doing like marketing and this and this and and you know going down every route that i possibly can because i know this is it i've only got one shot at it so in a way even though I'm not busy filming certain stuff right now, it's good to put my energy, you know, into this film because even there's, there's one thing making a movie and there's another thing selling your movie and there's another film actually marketing your movie. And there's, there's all those different things down the line. And it's now is the time to do that because if you, if you, if you want to do all that shit later on, it's too late. Like you've got to do it now. It's like now yeah, is the time exactly. to do all that shit. So, and during this time, you know, I've shot like funny marketing videos for Fry Barry, which I've just shot at my house here. And yeah. It's, I watched it's, the girl reacting video today. I thought that was funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming that was yeah, like, prompt in, but that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you see the, the condom commercial? I didn't know. I got to check it you need, out. You need, you, need, you need to check that out. Yeah. I'm so we have the, uh, actually, I got the little box here. So you've got the, the Fry Barry condoms studded. Oh my God. So with the marketing, the cool thing about Fry Barry, there's so many cool, cool marketing, uh, like fake commercials that we've done and memes and challenges and all that. There's so much. It reminds me of like the Cheddar Goblin from Mandy, you know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So there's just, yeah, like there's all these just like funny commercials that we've done. So we've got a lot of stuff still, still to come out. So with the condom commercial, it's like, you know, all the different flavors. It's like polony and egg and yeast <laughs> and, you know, all these uh, funny things. But that, that's the cool thing about Fry Barry is that there's no rules. 
You know, there's no rules for this type of character because it's so crazy and out there sort of character. So with other films, you can't, you can't do that extensive marketing because it's like, it's not right for a set, most certain types of films. So with a film like this, it's endless. And it's, it's almost like this, what Fry Barry would do if he remained on earth, you know, all these like random things that he would get up to or people would react to. Him. Kind of. yeah, and, and, and that's the film. I like the, the film itself as well. It's every character he meets. It's, it's like, it's him meeting them, but it's their experience meeting him. So when we're in the, um, you know, in the mental Institute, Barry's just going, going along with the ride with, uh, you know, those other actors, he's just plodding along. So it's, it's just like, it's, it's meeting new people, but it's them reacting to him and him really reacting to them and being in their, in their space and, and where they are. I dig it. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt that, he's just automatic for a lot of it i definitely felt that and i think that's cool yeah it's a wild film yeah. yeah um i don't think there's anything else like it i think that you achieved for sure the memorable aspect you know i'm watching a ton of films at fantasia right now and there's no other fried berry you know this is the like there's Amazing. i i actually really love the lineup of fantasia but there's certainly nothing like this and that's cool man. nailed it and that's great i mean I, I, that's what i'm saying as a director and you're a director yourself I, I mean it's so nice to hear those things and those people saying those things and you know i've had a lot of people say amazing things about my film and i'm always like are they, are they talking about my film are they really talking about my film you know and it's awesome it's it's, it's great to get that that response and there's people reaching out and, and, and saying those things and it's cool. And it, it, it's just that like pat on the back where you're like, it's cool. You actually made something decent. You actually made something that people will well, remember. And not forget. What I, so I don't really give a shit about decent. I'll be honest. Like a lot of films are decent and it's, it's really hard to make a decent film and Bravo for doing a decent film. But I love hearing how much you love your film and how personal and nuanced this is an individual. This is a lot more than someone who made a decent film because, uh, you know, comparing the, the generic artwork to something that has never existed before. And, you know, I really think about it the way that you spoke earlier about you're going to make your first film. It's got to be the best thing you've ever done. And, the way that I think about that as well, and I agree with you, the way that I think about that as well is I want to make something that ha that doesn't exist, that no one, that the, the world. So I, I really believe, I love Paul Schrader. I talk about this all the time, Transcendental Style in Film. His book is kind of like my Bible. And I think of, uh, there's a hierarchy between expression and connection, sorry, sorry, expression and understanding with, with connection in between. Expression is really cool. It's, it's great. It's important. It makes our world go around. But yeah. expression is not the end. Expression is just a thing that we do. Understanding is the goal, as I see it. And yeah. with understanding, you must, what, what predicates understanding must be something that hasn't been communicated that way before. Yeah. So if you make something that is just decent, if you make a film yeah. that is just a solid entry into this genre, it the odds of it creating understanding are very, very low. 
versus yeah. fried berry, which is so out there compared to what people would call, you know, decent. Like if you want yeah. a formula or structure or, you know, whatever, like so out there, but you accomplish, I think so much more with your film than a really solid genre film would. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I agree. Absolutely. And, and, and that's why I said there was those other scripts that I had that I knew I could have made really well, but they could easily just get lost out there. And that's why when I, when I got that idea, I knew straight away. And, you know, people tell you, in the, like, I remember in the past, like, you know, it will happen. It's, it, you know, it's just about the, t it's about the time. And, and you're like, oh, when is it going to be? And, you know, you wait and you work and you work. And I've been doing this for like 22 years, you know, and then, and it's so funny how just everything just like falls into place and it's just, it's the right time. And I had to go through, the way I see it is I had to go through that depression to get where I am now. I had to, because if I oh. didn't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have done it. And no, that's why when I got no, that I idea. I really relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot when I got that idea, I just, I just knew, I just knew that this is the right one. It's impossible for people not to talk about this movie. And, and it was just, a, it's like baking a cake. It was just the right ingredients to, to make, to make this thing. The sad thing is it took me to nearly die to realize like, Oh my God, I need to make a film. What am I doing? And I've, I'm, I'm always like a go-getter and I'm always, you know, I'm always out there pushing myself constantly, but it's to do a feature. It's that extra extra fat fucking you step. You have to. I say that, it all the time. You, you do. have to be willing to kill yourself. You have to be willing to die. And honestly, I extend it and say like, you know, the people who really make stuff are people who have died, who have yeah. crossed a line that they yeah. didn't think existed. And, yeah. you know. That's crazy, man. And it, it, was a, it was a dark time, man. It was a dark time. And for somebody, yeah, and it just shows you, dude, it can happen to anybody you know, like going to like talk about depression because I never ever thought I'd be that person that would struggle with, with something like that. I'm a outgoing positive person, but I just, it was too, it was everything that was too much all at the same time. And as I said, it was the, you know, it was, um, I had something wrong with me. I didn't know what it was. And then it was something to do with my kidney. And then I had the operation and then it was sepsis. And then uh, I broke up with the, uh, the girl and then my cat got cancer and uh, headed more into depression. It was my career where I was at the time. So it's all, it was all those things. And even when my cat got ill, I took my cat to the vet and the guy's like, oh, we, 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 the vet was like, we're gonna have to put him down. And I'm like, what? And I got a second opinion and I sat there and I was just like, oh my God, this is like way too much. Everything at the same time. And my cat, he's still alive today. It's been four oh, years. My God. And I, I did the research and I found this, um, uh, it's this like uh, a certain like vitamin C and this other thing where it, it's a medicine for, a can for human cancer patients. And it's loads of people have taken it and they've been on the deathbed and they've just, fucking recovered it's just been this amazing oh wow out, out the blue thing so i so i actually got all the the different ingredients i had to buy an ultrasonic machine made this whole fucking thing made this medicine and i gave it to him every single day and it's been four years and he's better and the both vets wanted to put him down he had too many red blood cells or too many white blood cells and 
And I was just like, fuck, he's like my best, my little best little friend. And he's like been there with me through everything. I was like, shit, I need to, need, I need to fucking sort this. And he's, he's like chilling on the couch right now. Uh, <laughs> and he's, and he's good. So, I mean, um, yeah, it was, it, it was just too much. Everything was like too much at the same time, but I fucking used all that shit to make, to make my movie. You know, I used it all. Like I fucking used every, every bit of it, you know? Good. That's, I mean, that's, that's what makes it what it is. And that's, that's the whole idea. Well, that's, that's so nice to hear that there's like a personal arc in it and you'll bake yeah. all this into the next one. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about, are you also are the festival director at uh, South Africa Indie Film Fest? Yeah, we actually just had the awards tonight, which we uh, streamed it uh, live. So I've been running that now for about three, uh, three or four years. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a great. Um, I mean, I've learned so much by running a festival and also putting movies into festivals, and I've yeah, I've I've learned so much from that. But it's also what you have to know about South Africa in the South African industry is that, I mean, we have a lot of overseas films that get shot in, in South Africa. So you know, we provide them with, um, with crews and actors and so on and so we're more of a service country and our own industry is is getting better and it's grown more and more over the years but south africa is very um what's the right word um it's very uh they're, they're quite uh fuck, what's the right word to use um they're very conservative like very conservative for the like the types of films that get made here. So we, they, you know, we have, we're known for in South Africa, it's like the comedies that do well. And then we have some like uh, thrillers or it's historic movies and uh, with poverty and, and with apartheid. And, and the, the thing is with that is that there's so many people that don't, whether you're in the film industry or not in the film industry over the past 11 years, if not longer, people have always said like, oh, they're just over like South African films and the, and they are getting better now. Definitely, definitely get better. They're definitely stepping up, but it, it, people are fed up with the same concepts and the same type of movies. And, you know, I've struggled my whole career doing like music videos, trying to do my style and this and that. And that's why the funny thing is with Fry Barry is that it's completely all the shit that, that I wasn't allowed to do basically here that I, that I've done and and it's made a big noise uh, you know overseas and and you know and even at like Rapid Lion in Johannesburg we we got five nominations and we walked away with three awards including best south african film so i was amazed that the film didn't get overlooked because it's with the type of content and stuff like fry barry is 100% definitely the first of its kind to come out of south africa for this type of film with, 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 without a doubt, it's definitely the first. And which is great to be, to be a part of that and to know that I have that film that, 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 you know, broke out of South Africa, you know, like that. And yeah, and it's, it, it could have easily got, it could have easily got just overlooked. So uh, it's, it's great that we are making, you know, starting to make different films and, you know, hopefully, you know, other people will see that, um, you know, once Fry Barry's made, they'll go, oh, fuck, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. And, it, and it's, just, it's just changing the mindset 
of some, you know, some producers and they think, I think a lot of people in South Africa don't think out the box in the sense of, you know, what's going to make money in South Africa. And that's so fucking stupid. Cause I mean, like there's a whole fucking world out there. So, I mean, like if you got like the film business is still a money business. So, I mean, it, you, you gotta be able to, if, if you're not competing with overseas stuff, then you're not going to get anywhere. It's not going to, nothing's going to happen. So it's really just taking those different concepts and it's fine if it doesn't make money here, you can still make money overseas, if not way more money than, than what you would make in this country. But if it makes money over there and it does well over there, then it will do well here, but it won't, it's not the other way around, you know? Right. I get it. What, what are some other South African films that have come out? I wouldn't be able to remember like all the names. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the movies, they, they just stay, you know, they stay in South Africa. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a bunch, there's, there's I mean, a bunch like, of films. Mom Camp. I can't really think off the top of my head, but like what else came out to the U S yeah. not that's, that's it. And that's what, that's the only film that, you know, that everybody knows, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's the whole thing. So, I mean, you know, there's other films that get made here that will go to Cannes or go to Sundance uh, because it's the type of content what those film festivals like. But then when it comes to selling stuff and stuff like that, if your film is in a foreign, foreign language, it's going to be even harder for distribution as well. You know what I mean? To, to actually sell it to different territories and stuff like that. So it's, it's all those things that you got to think of. But even like, you know, for like horror films and like certain genre movies, they're the, they've got a very strong fan base of, of especially the horror crowd. They've got the biggest uh, fan base of people that it doesn't matter how fucking it looks, people will still buy it and people will still watch it. And they're the, probably the most like loyal, um, you know, terms of people that buy movies for like certain films and, and actually speak about, you know, films online and stuff like that. So it's, I think people overlook that like constantly. And that's why it's not about what you're doing and in your own country and you shouldn't be competing with your mate down the road. You should be competing with overseas films or what the hell are you doing? You know, are there other filmmakers? I don't know if you, if you like, uh, like to look out for that you think are maybe, I don't know, like other local filmmaker friends that are making really good films. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a South African, uh, director, um, uh, Christopher De Santos. Uh, he's based in Johannesburg, and I played I played his movie uh, at my festival, and he made he made it uh, quite quite a few few years ago. But it's a great movie, and the sad thing is, and I'm I'm bound to say it's good because I, I had a very small part in it. <laughs> but it's uh, it it is even without my part, it's such a good movie. And even that movie, we haven't seen a movie like that in South Africa either. And he's a, he's a very talented director, a very nice guy. Called? And he, sorry? What's the name of the film? Uh, the movie's called uh, Last Broken Darkness. Okay. Uh, I think in some territories it's called uh, Broken Darkness. But it's a great, um, it's a great movie. And it's a, also a genre movie. It's got like these zombies in and stuff like that. But it's a great, it's a great movie. And it's different to... And that's why I think like films like Glass Broken Darkness and Fry Barry, it's so important for the South African industry because people need to watch 
other films and other films that we can actually make here in, in this in this country that people don't expect or they would look at it and they go oh that must be american because it looks good or that must be this or and, and and that's the crazy thing it's just like and this is why i said most people won't support our films here most people if you go to the cinema and you see the poster of this new south african film and then the fucking marvel movie they're not gonna they're not, they're not gonna pay 80 rand to, to, to go watch your movie they're, they're gonna go watch uh, the marvel film and right. that's the thing. And that's the perception where you need to change. You actually, I always say this to people, you actually need to con our audience in South Africa <laughs> with a fucking good poster, a good trailer. So when they sit there in the cinema and they watch a trailer, they go, fuck, that looks good. I want to watch that. And they don't know that it's South African. And you got to con that audience to actually go watch your film and go, oh, fuck, yeah. that was a really good film. I can't believe oh, it's South so African. Funny. What are we, and yeah. Yeah, and uh, as like as for sport. me running, yeah, and as for me running the festival, I also think it's my job to push those other different types of movies that are coming out of South Africa because they should be more seen. And Last Broken Darkness is a fucking great movie, and it has an amazing cast. It's shot beautifully. It, it looks like such a ex- looks like a, such an expensive movie, and it's and. Uh, He's definitely a director to look out for, uh, Christopher Lee Santos. He's, and um, yeah, he's he's good. And there should there should be more people like him. And there probably is more people like him. But he, he he's had that opportunity to to make that film. But there's so many people that don't know about it, and that's right. and that's what's so sad well, that you have the festival get those too, films out different angles, way different ways to get things out there. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I think Fried Barry is going to make an impact, like you said. <laughs> And um, there will be drive-ins with it playing at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, I've got to go to one of those. It'll be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm excited for you. Um, congratulations on, on all the good response. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly, more than anything, so happy to connect with you and feel how much you love your movie. And cool, man. Thank you so much, man. Right. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure talking, and I really appreciate you taking the time. And cool, I mean, it's late over there. So, so I guess, I guess have a good night and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy, I don't know if you're watching other films at the festival, but I hope you enjoy them. And, um, dude, congrats again. Cool, man. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you so much for having me. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. And thank you for all those nice words, man. Uh, very much appreciated and good luck with your movie, man. And go out there, go do it, man. And you're going to do great. Just do it. Just and do it with your next one. I can't wait to see it. I'll please keep me posted when, when, uh, when it's in progress. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Will, man. Thank you so much, man. You must enjoy the rest of your day. You too. You too. Thank you so much. Cheers, dude. Thanks, man. <laughs>